Would you like predictable income secured by real estate? HBG Capital offers you the opportunity to invest in real estate that is built to be transparent for the investor while designed to be insulated against economic volatility. We provide investors an effortless way to diversify beyond traditional investment opportunities like stocks and bonds and even popular real estate. Our syndication and lending opportunities offer a high rate of return and are 100% passive, delivering truly effortless income. Many other investments offer passive income in the 4 to 6% range. Our opportunities have delivered fixed rates of return in the double digits since inception. Retirement accounts such as self-directed IRAs and self-directed Roth IRAs also qualify for this investment. So, if you are looking for an effortless investment with double-digit returns, then visit our website, www.hbgcapital.net. Learn more today at hbgcapital.net. Welcome to the Recession Resistant Real Estate Radio, where we talk about real estate, passive investing, business strategies, and so much more. I'm your host, Brandon Cobb, CEO of HPG Capital. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. Today, I've got founder and CEO of All City Adjusting, a licensed and public accounting firm, Andy Oh man, I should have asked you your last name before hitting the record button. Andy, how do I pronounce your last name? Because I know you're from Poland and I'm going to butcher yeah. this if I don't ask you for it. It's Gerczak. Gerczak, thank you for that. Yeah. So he immigrated to America from Poland, as you can tell with his last name, with his family at the age of nine. Over the last decade, Andy has not only protected thousands of people from being defrauded, but also helped them receive more money than what their insurance initially offered. I'm super excited to get into this episode today because there's yeah. so many people out there that are getting taken advantage of insurance companies. Everybody at some point in their life has an insurance claim of some way, shape, or form. And I guarantee if you don't use what Andy is about to tell you guys, you're going to suffer from it. But first, Andy, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on. Brandon, thank you so much for having me. I'm going to just correct it really quick in that intro. You said licensed accounting, licensed adjusting firm. So private adjusting firm just for just for the listeners. But uh, thank you so much for having me on. Well, thank you for the correction. Yes, adjusting firm, not accounting firm. That's my mistake if I said that. For those that don't know your story in what you do, maybe give them a little context and tell them a story about your background and how you got into doing what you're doing today. Yeah, I was in, you know, with sales construction for a long time and then kind of the construction leaned towards meeting another PA that was in the industry for 40 years um, who ended up being uh, my mentor um, and taught me the whole industry in like three to four time, three to four year period. Um, and then went on our, you know, went on our own, um, you know, incorporated the business, uh, grew to now I think we're in 30 something states. I kind of lose track because we're all over. Uh, we just talked about, you know, getting a fire in here in uh, Gallenberg and in, in, you know, your neck of the woods. So, um, and now we, you know, we've grown the firm. We have a whole team. Uh, you know, we travel uh, between the states and kind of adjust losses and help clients recover uh, the entire settlements. So who would you say your target client is? Are you noticing that you're helping uh, of like a specific like niche of, you know, is it a business owner? Is it a homeowner? You know, is it just buildings? Is it cars? Yeah. You know, where do you specialize? 
we specialize in property. So our, our, our 90% of our clients are going to be investors, landlords, business owners, and then, excuse me, and then 10% would be uh, homeowners, um, and then large loss, you know, large storm, hurricane, tornado, fire losses, water losses is kind of our specialty. We don't do any like healthcare or automobile. Um, so mainly strictly property. Okay, so mainly strictly to damage to property. What are right. some? I'm curious. So you, you've, I know you've done a ton of these cases coming right out of the gate right here. What are some of the biggest, most common mistakes you see landlords and business owners make when they get damaged to their home or damaged to their their building? Right. Like um, yeah. the first step right here is preventative. I want to go into like preventative. Like do this right now if you don't have a problem. Yeah. Um, there's a whole list. I think I have a video. I have a bunch of video on YouTube's we've made uh, regarding the, the biggest mistakes. Um, there's so many. It's hard to like pinpoint one. Uh, but one of the biggest we see is clients uh, in the insured uh, talking too much or explaining the insurance too much. Right. Um, not that they're not that we we advocate for lying or or misleading the insurance because that's illegal. But a lot of insurance, what they do is they stay more than they have to. And then their claims end up being delayed and most of the time getting denied. Um, it's because they don't have anyone representing them. So they don't know how to steer the claim the right way. And they just think by ex, you know ex saying what happened in the last 10 years is going to help them when in reality it just ends up hurting them and in, in, the, in the long run denying their claim. So they don't have somebody representing them, which means that they're not going to get the best deal possible. For example, kind of like maybe listing your house. Like you think, oh, you know, I'm going to list my house. I don't want to pay the agent fee when realistically that agent could have probably got you a lot more money for the house, negotiated better terms, maybe close it a little bit sooner, et cetera, et cetera. Is that fair to say? A hundred percent. It's the same thing if you got in a car accident and you're going to want to go up against the, the the other attorney on your own. It's literally the, the, the same case scenario. You're trying to, you know, you're trying to, you're going against a billion dollar industry, billion dollar company who has all the tools, everyone's trained to, you know, underpay the claim, work the claim, and you're trying to do this on your own. And you're just being honest, thinking they're on your side, which is, you know, it can't be that way. They can't be representing both parties. I'll tell you a story. So I, and I, you don't work in the automobile industry, but I got rear-ended by a, a big truck one time and, oh my God, the amount of phone calls I got from like these ambulance chasing third-party attorney referral, it was crazy. Like I got a taste of the whole personal industry, personal injury industry. Luckily I was not injured, so I wasn't trying to pursue anything, but I remember getting a check for $9,000 for my car. It was like a RAV4 at the time. This was a long time ago, maybe seven years ago. And I just remember going to market being like, dude, like I, I can't buy another car for this amount. Like what, like what is going on? I ended up having to buy, I, I bought the same car, but it was instead of a 2012 model, it was a 2010 and it had more miles on it. And I was like, why, why did I get cut a check when I can't go to market and, and at least get something equivalent? I have to get something worse and then come out of pocket more because of the transfer tax and the sales taxes, et cetera. And at the time, I didn't know it, but I do feel like I was getting taken advantage of because I had some very clear examples and comps of automobiles that had sold on the market for much above what they paid me. And I was like, wait a minute, I just got taken advantage of. I think the first time that my eyes became open to the fact that you can fight insurance companies with a claim was I was I was it was COVID and I was actually working out at my friend's place because my gym was shut down. She was nice enough. I was driving 35 minutes every single day just to this person's garage. And thank God they were so nice to let me in. And she ended up getting uh, it was like a 
a flood. I think a pipe burst upstairs and there was like a ton of water damage. And I remember her telling me that the insurance company tried to give her $13,000 to fix everything. And she's like, heck no. And she fought and she battled them. And she was telling me the story of just how long it took. It was just eight, nine months later, right? And they couldn't, you know, yep. a lot of times I don't even think they could fix their home up at the time. And it was a disaster. But they ended up giving her triple what she originally was offered. Walk us through why does this happen? Why do insurance companies do this? And yeah. you know, what are some steps people can take to, I guess, one realize or become aware that they actually have the ability to negotiate? Yeah. So you have to understand that the insurance company is a business, right? They run a business of collecting premiums and then delaying claims, underpaying claims. It's been written in books. It's been proven in court. This is nothing new, right? There's there's cases that come out all the time, month after month. Of you know, we just had one in Florida where they were uh, taken insurance adjuster. So an insurance adjuster came to your house, for example, said, uh, "Brandon, I'm going to pay for your entire home, right? Two hundred thousand. And then I'll, then two weeks later, that that client, that insured, gets a letter saying, "We're paying you five thousand. And they're like, "What is this? This is not what I was told, or you know. And then they call the adjuster that came, and he's like, "Hey, I didn't. I told him what I told you that I'm paying for all these repairs." And so their reports were being altered by the desk adjusters. Their photos were being deleted. Their reports were being altered. Like this happens all the time, but people are so oblivious thinking, Hey, well, that agent I've known for 20 years, that adjuster, they're on my side. Like we had a client just told you the fire in Gatlinburg and the, the client asked us, well, they're going to, it's been two weeks, but they said they're going to give me an estimate. They're going to, so why would I hire you now? I'm like, because the quicker you hire us, it's, it's less money for you. And it's a bigger return and a quicker settlement for you. That's why. People sometimes get, get, get start, um, hung up on the fee or paying someone where that's a good accountant, a good real estate agent. They, don't, they can't figure out in their head that the return on their money, the return on their investment is going to be so much greater. So like your, your friends for eight months, they did it on their own. If they had a public adjuster that knows what they're doing, they probably could have been done in three to four months. And that return could have been instead of three times, five, six times more. So let me get this straight. So insurance companies are actually sorry, I, I kind of went off on the, on the no, you're there. good. So they're they're deleting photos and altering the the documents that are getting. Is that not fraud? Can they even legally do this? Well, they they'll they'll say, well, that the desk adjuster didn't feel that this needed to be. You know, again, they'll always have an excuse, right? This I don't know if this went to court. This came out by uh, it was a, I think it was a Washington Journal or like it wasn't like some little newspaper. It was a big, it's, I mean, you can Google this. Um, and this happens all the time. This is nothing new, right? So we'll meet an adjuster at your house, Brandon. The adjuster tells us, Andy, I agree with the entire estimate. We're going to pay for it. And then weeks later, we get half the offer or something that's totally different. And then we'll call, you know, the insurance company. Like, well, we didn't feel, you know, that this should have been paid. And he shouldn't have said that he can pay for this. And he's that adjuster that met us on site. He's long gone. So they, they do this all the time to people. Huh, it's just um, part of the business. That's just one of their methods. I mean, I, we could go down a list of methods they do to, to, to slow down the claim, to delay it. Now, you know, more claims are getting investigated. More claims are, they're bringing in more engineers. Like every roof claim now has an engineer. What do you need an engineer on the roof claim? Think about that. But on every roof, they're bringing an engineer. It's like the biggest boom of engineers now. Everyone's an engineer because insurance companies are hiring them left and right. 
because uh, they're on their and side, and you can't argue with an engineer. Exactly. Well, that's Brandon. You just, you just, yeah, you just hit the nail on the head. You can't argue if it goes to court, and the judge looks and goes, "Well, you, he's an engineer, and you're just Brandon." Like, yeah. he, he, that's the whole thing, right? Even though an engineer's never put on a roof, never tore off a roof, never shingled anything, he's an engineer. <laughs> yeah. It's it's the craziest thing, but that's what they're doing. Yeah, I see. Yeah, it's looking for like people with authority to speak on the subject. We do something similar when, uh, like, you know, a lot of, when you build a house, for example, we build a lot of houses and the home inspector, I mean, he's paid to find things wrong. Like you will never get a home inspection report with something not on there. Right. I mean, Correct. it's just not a thing. Otherwise, why would you need the home inspector? So they got to find stuff to get paid anyway. Yeah. You know, you got these things that you got a little bitty cracks that happen in the foundation, the driveways, they settle, you know, cracks happen. And then people yeah. freak out because it's like a, yep. a thing. Oh my God, it's a crack in my building. You know, this, this must be bad. You know, it's in the foundation and we have to hire a structural engineer to go out and look at it and, and write a report saying, hey, this is safe, you know, or, you know, this is not safe. I don't think we've ever had a single structural report saying this is not, this is not safe, but it's to make the homeowner feel better. Of course, structural engineers are designing foundations, right? That's what they do for a living. So I think that's kind of funny that, you know, roofing companies will, or I guess insurance companies will hire. I don't think there's such thing as like a roofing engineer, is there? I've never heard of a roofing engineer. I mean, no, what there's, they, would they, you hire? Forensic, forensic. They call them forensic engineers. Forensics engineer. Okay. It's wow. the funniest. It's the funniest thing. And, you know, I understand an engineer, if a car hits your home and we have to figure out what's the extent of damage because there's structural damage, 100%. But an engineer on the roof claim, uh, engineer on a water pipe burst claim, we've had them. What do we, what do I engineer? The water burst right here, it damaged all this. What, what is he going to tell me that we don't know? Like what? It, it's just the craziest thing. And then, us as PAs, like we then have to fight an engineer and his report. And we know there's like three companies that are very big and, and like they supply all the engineers to the insurance companies. Um, they've also now used the HVAC company, like this HVAC company that gives them reports. And then they tried to pull this on actually on our vacation house that we have. Um, they said, Hey, you have to replace this HVAC unit after the storm. And this is what you can get it done for. Right. And we're like, there's only two local companies by us. And they're double the price. So they said, well, they can send out one of their vendors. I said, okay, great. Send me their vendor if you could do it for that price. I get a call from a guy from Texas and, and mind that I'm in Indiana. <laughs> and, he, and I said, are you even licensed in Indiana? He goes, no, but uh, you know, we work with local licensed contractors. And I'm like, okay, thank you. And then they, then they, I mean, the story gets even better. Then the second guy they sent, they didn't even send his information. They just sent his name and number. I'm like, that's kind of awkward. No company name, no, you know. Then I back, do some search on the number, get the full name, get the company name. Turns out this guy was just involved in like a, uh, this is a court case. It's still ongoing where his building was on fire. Like three little girls died. I'm like, like this got out of hand. So I basically sent a letter. They said, hey, you choose your HVAC guy, whatever we have to pay him, we'll pay him. But like, that's the fight you have to go. Like they're just... Yeah. So if you're, if you're not, and again, I'm not scaring your, your listeners, but that's the reality. Yeah. Now that's just the world that we live in. So what can people do to protect themselves before a claim happens? Yeah. If you, before, before you have any claim or hopefully you never have a claim, right? See if you can find a good agent that you can work with that sells you the right policy. Because it starts with having the right policy, not being cheap, sometimes, you know, paying a little bit more. 
but having that extra coverage, having that right insurance. So it always starts with the right agent that can sell you the right policy and making sure that he understands if you have a six unit, if you have, you know, you're building homes, that you have the right coverage for what you're doing for this scenario. So give me, break it down. Give me real life numbers right here. Like if I'm building a house, for example, I always insure the home past what my costs are going to be. So at least I can get my money back out in the event that a tornado hits it or whatever, and I can rebuild the house. Now, some people might say, you know, Brennan, why not insure it to the full, you know, the full value of the home? And we do that. We can increase that once it gets completed to a certain point. So are you saying that there are some insurance policies that don't do that, that don't cover the full amount? Tell me some of the mechanics. hundred percent. Right now, what we're seeing a lot with premiums going up, actual cash value policies, meaning that after depreciation is applied, you're only getting the actual cash value, what it's worth now, and you can't collect that depreciation, which on older homes, um, especially, that depreciation can be 30 to you know, 50, 60%. So you're saying a $100,000 loss, you would be only getting 30, 40,000 instead of that 100, right? Even if we negotiate and settle it for that full amount, you'd only be allowed that actual cash value. So that's happening a lot. So, and then there, you're finding exclusions, right? There's so many exclusions out for roofs, uh, for metals on roofs. I mean, there's an exclusion, it seems like, for everything these days. So the first thing we do as a, as a company, when we take on a client, is we get the policy and read through the policy. Okay. So read and make sure you got the right policy. What, what are the, some of those things that somebody wants to check for? Let's say I'm, I've hired an agent already. And you know they've sold me an insurance policy. What what are the check boxes that I want to look at to make sure that I've got the right policy? Obviously, coverage for the full value of the property is one. You mentioned depreciation. I know a lot of people listening on this podcast are interested in depreciation. What else? Making sure you have a replacement cost policy, right? Making sure you don't have a co that you're that you're insured up to value. That you don't have a co-insurance clause, right? There's those co-insurance clauses usually on on building on construction like you do. Uh, a lot of a lot of those have co-insurance policies, meaning if you don't insure to value, you're going to be penalized. You have to look for that co-insurance clause. Is there any exclusions that I should be aware of? Meaning, oh wow, I'm excluded that if it collapses, I'm not covered. If this happens, I'm not covered. I, you know. All those exclusions, they're, they're, they're listed in your policy, right? Endorsements, exclusions. You have to go through them. And, and if you can't, cause it's very, it's supposed to be easy to read. Obviously it's not. And even attorneys sometimes can't interpret these policies. Um, you know, people send us policies all the time. We interpret them all the time for free. Look at the building, interpret it, say, make sure that they have everything the right way. That, you know, that for us, it's just creating a, a friendship, a relationship with people, uh, for long term. And hopefully, you know, they never call us again. We'll never hear from them. They never have a loss. But in case they do, we looked over their stuff. We at least know that, hey, they're going to be, you know, they're going to have the right insurance if something does happen. Okay. I see you guys offer kind of like a free eval. Hey, we'll read through your insurance and interpret for you. So the two things that I heard there that I didn't, that I, that were news to me, or you said co-insurance policies and you said exclusions. Walk us through that. So I'm reading through my insurance policy and I've got a co-insurance and I've got some exclusions in there. Right. Like what what am I looking at here? What what is a co-insurance policy? So co-insurance policy, it's usually 80%, 90%. And what it does is it penalizes you as the insured that if you do have a loss and you're not insured um, to value, they penalize you that 10, 20%. Like so you're then you're penalized. So then when you have a payout, let's say of a hundred thousand, you're penalized twenty percent for example, right? So you get less your payout. Um, those are very common. Um, they lower the premium. So what happens is when you go meet with an agent and you're looking at the premium like 5,000 a month or a year and you're like, ah, that seems a lot for us. 
you know, a way to get that premium lower is getting that, putting that coinsurance, uh, coinsurance uh, uh, clause into the policy. Um, there's exclusions they can put in, and those are usually standard with policies now. Where a common exclusion we see now on, for example, on roofing claims, is all the metals are not paid for, right? They call them uh, cosmetic damage, saying that hail and everything that, that damages the metals is just cosmetic. It's not going to do any long term, even though that stuff's going to rust. Uh, it, it could create a penetration after years, but they're going to call it cosmetic, and that's very common, right? There's, we can go down the list, but there's a lot of them. Okay. So all those all those things, and if you go with a coinsurance policy or you go with an actual cash value policy or you raise your deductible, all that's doing is raising your is lowering your premium, right? And when you tell an agent, this is like, well, I can't afford this. I want to be like this premium. What do you think? It's not like they're going to sell you a better policy. They're going to go get a bare policy. You know, it's going to look great. I'm only paying 2000 a year, but you know, if something happens, you're not covered or you're, you know, you're excluded for this or you're penalized for this. And then your payout goes from a hundred to 20,000. What about exclusions? What are some common exclusions that people need to be way aware of? Yeah, that um, the the cosmetic, the the metal roof uh, cosmetic one is is very common um, okay. on the roofs. What else are we seeing? Um, you know, any you know mold obviously is not covered, right? That's excluded. Molds excluded on policies. A lot of people call us and say, "Hey, we had water pipe pipe was leaking for uh, you know we think a couple of years, and we opened up all the walls. There's black mold everywhere." Well, that's not covered. Okay. Um, sewer backup, um, water backup, that's excluded unless you have an endorsement. A lot of people don't know. Uh, law and ordinance, meaning let's say you have a home that's 20, 30 years old. Now all the building codes have changed because they change them every couple of years. And now you had a fire and you have to upgrade all your electrical, all your plumbing, all the windows, right? If you have law and ordinance, which is a couple bucks a year, you would be covered for that. You said law and ordinance? Yes, law and ordinance coverage. Okay, so law are right, interesting. So law, law and ordinance coverage that'll help in the event that you've got to like upgrade yep. some stuff. You've got some past always and things. Brandon that always every property, no matter how like how new and stuff that we get, there's always some kind of building code or something enforced now that the owner that, that you know if they have that coverage would be now paid by the insurance company. Right, it makes sense. Well, so walk me through this. I know a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I don't want to pay for an adjuster or, yeah. you know, they're probably wondering like what the cost is and what the average yeah. savings is. Do you have any data on that? You know, like what does the typical uh, claim cost if you were to hire a claims adjuster? And then what kind of savings are you seeing on average? Yeah. Our, our, our fee across the states is always 10% flat when we come in right from the beginning. When we get involved in the claim, that's uh, and then that's 10% of whatever we recover. So if we settle for 100, it's 10%, and that gets paid once the insured gets paid. So we're not taking any retainers. There's nothing up front. There's no other hidden fees. It's, hey, once we settle it, once we maximize the claim, that's when you pay us, when you get the check. Um, now, if we come in on a claim after four or five months, it's been denied, it's been delayed, excuse me, there's other instances. Well, then our fee would be higher because now we have more work, but now we might charge on, on the above amount. Meaning if they were giving you 10,000, we might charge a higher amount on anything else. We get you extra, okay. so we wouldn't even be charging you on what you've been already offered. Um, and that we don't, you know, for our clients or our long-term clients, they'll call us all the time. Like, right. As soon as something happens, we're there, but a lot of people don't know. So by the time they call us, sometimes it's too late. Mm-hmm. 
that's the that that's kind of the problem. But the, the returns on, on on money are over. We have statistics. I'd have to dig through all of it. But the returns are are a hundred times RV. I mean, it's it's exponential. I mean, there's 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 maybe three percent of claims that we can't settle that then they'll get turned to an attorney or um, they will have to go further than past our uh, the what we could do. What are some of the like? Walk me through. Can you tell me about an instance yeah. one time that happened where you weren't able to help settle a claim? Like, what are the mechanics of that situation? Yeah, we had uh, we had a car hit a building. Um, this was a client that's used us for other losses before. Um, the car hit a building in a certain area. I did a crack. We met with the insurance. We agreed on an amount. The insured felt that there was more damage, so they brought an engineer. We brought an engineer. Um, both engineers agreed that the damage was the, the the amount that the insurance agreed that we agreed on originally. The insurance just felt, you know, it was an old building. He thought every crack in that building was because of that car, right? Which, yeah, you know, either way, I, we couldn't, you know, we kind of said, hey, we're going to take it, you know, we're going to step back. If two engineers that do structural work that are specialized and that are saying, hey, you know, that has nothing to do with this car that impacted just this little section, then we we kind of stay back. You know, sometimes the insurance get, to a point where, well, I'm old for, you know, brand new building. Well, that's not the case. You're old to be put to pre-loss. So um, yeah. we do sometimes pick and choose our clients as well. If we get calls, we do our due diligence. If we feel the client's kind of trying to gain uh, something yeah. from the claim, you know, then we'll, we'll step away if we have any not kind of feeling that. So that makes sense. Thanks for sharing that. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, like people want to, you know, just like the insurance companies want to take advantage yeah. of the situation and pay as much, you know, usually the guy who's, uh, you know, being insured, he yep. wants to try to take advantage of it and get a little bit more than, you know, what is roof or whatever kind of cost, right? It's just human nature. Um, dude, this has been fantastic. This is, there's, you've shared a lot of pearls here. If the audience wants to get in touch with you, learn yeah. more about you, learn more about your company, where can they go? They can visit us on allcityadjusting.com. They can type in All City Adjusting on Google. All City is one word. Um, for your listeners, I'll leave them with my number. Um, if they go online, they'll find our office number, all our locations across the states. Um, but for your listeners, if they want to call me directly, they have questions, they want to text me, um, they can reach me at uh, 708-655-4186. Um, that's direct. They can call or text anytime. Perfect. Andy, it's been a pleasure having you on. We'll make sure all that's in the show notes. Thank you for coming on and sharing your wisdom about insurance claims today. Thank you, Brandon, for having me and I uh, appreciate it. Yeah. Happy we'll New Year's. Happy New Year's.